In this church, it's a, it's a real privilege, actually, to be a part of services like this, a service of dedication. If you've not been to a, a dedication service, uh, you may be wondering where the water is. Um, that's not, um, we just do it differently in this church. Um, we want just to thank God um, for the child. It has a, a slightly different connotation, I guess. Um, but it's about just lifting up Rose and thanking God for her and for her life to come. And, and it's a real blessing uh, to be able to see David and Claire um, and the journey they've been on as a couple um, since they first started coming a few years ago. I can't remember how long they've been with us. Five years? Around there? Four, four, five? Yeah, we'll say four. We'll say four. That'll be the, the thing we stick with. Um, and it is a blessing to continue to see God bless them as a couple and now obviously as a family. It's wonderful to see family and friends back again, um, albeit two years later, uh, since the last uh, Grey celebration, which is good, um, the Grey family celebration, um, which is brilliant to, to have. Um, God has blessed David and Claire, um, their marriage two years ago, their house, and of course with the birth of Rose just recently, all within the context of them both coming to know Jesus Christ as their saviour and following their God as well as they can. Uh, I must say that Rose has uh, made herself at home in the church, which is good. We want people to feel at home. And uh, you could probably take a leaf out of Rose's book. Rose just sort of totters around and uh, is quite happy. Uh, most people, when they come to church, think, can I sit there? Can I touch that? Rose just touches and sits where she likes, which is brilliant, and I love it. And you can often find her after a service, sometimes before, sort of slightly off-centre like that, isn't it? She sort of walks like this, doesn't she? And uh, tottering up and down there, uh, normally being picked up by a variety of people uh, within the congregation, all whom she seems mainly happy with, except me, it would seem. Uh, but hey, uh, to be fair, there's a lot of you staring at her this morning. Um, and it's brilliant to watch her little character develop and her smile and just the way she is. She really is a lovely addition to your family, your family, and then to this church family as well. Uh, I do, however, have one gripe with Rose Gray. And I know you're thinking it's a bit early, but I must tell you a story. It's a bit gross, but never mind. Um, so they came round, David and Claire and Rose, um, when she wasn't too old. And um, we were sitting there. We all had a go. This is the term for holding a baby, isn't it? Um, it's my turn, Passover. So I, it was my turn to hold Rose. And, and I was sitting on the settee, and she was just sitting on my, on my sort of leg, just there. And it was nice. And I even began to think, and this is how, how, how sort of nice it was, I even began to think, perhaps me and my wife should have a third. <laughs> well, that lasted about three minutes. Well, ten. So I sat there, and suddenly I thought, Rose is nice and warm. And then there were a few strange noises, which I really recognised vaguely. And then there was a bit of a waft. And, uh, and I said to them both, I said, I think, you know, something might have happened. Claire, I believe, exact words were, no, she's all right. Well, when I gave her back, a few minutes later, she wasn't all right. Something had indeed happened all over my white trousers. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking. Who wears white jeans? Not me anymore. They're now in the bin. Anyway, so I'm going to keep that story on file, and if ever I have the privilege to take part in another serious event in Rose's life, that will be one of the stories I tell, <laughs> just to tell her. But don't tell her, I want it to be a surprise. Anyway, but like all the families in this church, the Gray family are special to us. Um, they're a special place in this church family, like all the others who are here, and it is a joy for us to be able to pray God's blessing on the three of them, um, because parenthood can be difficult. I think David and Claire may have picked up on that. Those with new children beforehand, you can see them thinking, oh, we'll be all right. Then the baby comes along and they think, well, that's difficult. No one told me it would be this hard. I came across a quote this week 
Uh, this person wrote, Who can ever forget Winston Churchill's immortal words? We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields. We shall fight in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. It sounds exactly like our family holiday. And somebody else once said that family, uh, parenthood is part joy, part guerrilla warfare. And it's because of that, and because life is hard, because there are many pitfalls to be had, that today is an important moment, an important event in the life of these three special people. And I hope that whether family or friends from within or without our church, that we all fulfill our promise before God, made before God to them as a family, as much as we hope they fulfill their promises before God to Rose as well. This morning, we have been speaking to the living God. We have been calling on his name, seeking his blessing for this brilliant little family, done in faith, knowing that the prayers we pray this morning will be answered by our God. Today isn't just some vague religious ritual that Claire and David thought would be a nice way of getting everyone together and having a nice time. This is entering the presence of God and dedicating Rose into his care it's about them knowing that life is fragile life is difficult and sometimes hard and sometimes confusing and as parents and for rose knowing who when she one day becomes a woman that they and she will need the hand of our all-loving all-powerful god to guide her and them through the challenges ahead and so today is about saying thank you for the blessing of rose but it's also about seeking god's blessing on her life as she grows and grows early on uh, I think we'll Chloe then, that's not right, is it? Um, it's a mixture of uh, Rose and Claire, I think, possibly. Um, Claire read to us those verses from Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 12, verses that will be familiar to some of you, and I know are special to Claire. And uh, Jeremiah writes, for, well, quote to God, shall I say, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. These verses are very well known by lots of people, and actually are written to God's people in the Old Testament, the Israelites, a group of people who have mucked up their entire life. Uh, they've, they've broken away from God, they've just messed everything up, and they're over in a place called Babylon. They've been taken captive by the Babylonians. And as they're in that terrible mess, which will be for 70 years, they will live in a terrible situation. God speaks to them that one day he's going to bring them home because he knows the plans he has for them. He knows them, that they're going to call on him again and God is going to listen and answer and bless them. And what a message for those people who have messed their life up, that God was going to bring them home. But that's a message for Rose and every single one of us this morning, that we could be in the very darkest place in life. We could have made the most terrible mistakes that we're ashamed of. We could know real agony, but if we seek God, if we call out to the living God, he will hear us, and if we call on him properly, he will rescue us. That is what the Easter story is all about. God sending his only son, Jesus Christ, into a broken, lost world so that all who follow him will know life to the full, will know forgiveness for everything we've ever done, will know the hope of resurrection from the dead and everlasting life. And that's our prayer for Rose this morning, that she will know her saviour, and the hope that comes when he is followed. And as we pray this morning, we do it knowing that God himself knows the very best things
for this little girl ahead. He knows best the be- the, He knows Rose better than her mum and dad will. He knows what's best for her than anyone else in this room. He knows where she should live, what job she should have, who she should marry, should she get married, what she should do with her spare time, what she should think. God knows everything because he has plans for her life right to her final moments. Claire's reading was about how God knew his people's future. David's was a bit longer from Psalm 139. is about God knowing us now and perfectly. I won't read 100, Psalm 139. It'll be all day. Um, but this psalm, written by David's biblical namesake, King David, in the Old Testament, it's about how much God knows his people. Uh, we spend quite a lot of our time as adults, don't we, running from the past, running from our hurts and our mistakes, even the things we enjoy. But for David, the writer of that psalm, he grasps that God knows him perfectly, that God was with him wherever he goes, and it's a real comfort to the writer of this psalm. Uh, Verses 1 to 6 talks about how much God knows David, whose confidence for his life is in God's perfect knowledge of him, that he knows his thoughts, his location, his desires, even his motives. And that knowledge removes all fear from David. For David, God knowing him fully means that he cares for him, that he must be interested in him. And the Bible says if God is for us, who can be against us? And we know that if God is for Rose Gray as she grows, who can be against her? Verses 7 to 12 that appear behind me, he talks about how God surrounds him. He asks a rhetorical question, how can I escape from the presence of God with the answer being obvious? No. And he grasped that I could never be away from the perfect, good presence of God. If he were to try and outrun God, God would already be where he was heading to. And whilst that might frighten a few people, it's great news for David. Because it means that even if he runs to dark places, it's like they're lit up for God. His confidence is rooted in a God who knows him perfectly and constantly. Verses 13 to 18 speaks of how God wonderfully made him and us. David is reveling in this knowledge of God. He expresses that God made him, caused him to be created. He knew David perfectly. In fact, he knew David before he was even conceived. And when he was conceived in his mother's womb, before she even knew she was pregnant, God was knitting him together. God knit Rose together. And he did a wonderful job. Verses 17 to 18 speak of the thoughts of God, God's thoughts and what he thinks of David. In verses 19 to 24, He pours out his heart, David, asking that God will save him and search him and lead him. And that is our prayer for this family this morning and for this little girl too, that God will save them and search them and lead them forward. Rodyard Kipling once said about families, all of us are we and everyone else is they. That in your little family it's you and everybody else is they. And somebody wrote off the back of that, a family shares things like dreams, hopes, possessions, memories, smiles, frowns, gladness. A family is a clan held together with the glue of love and the cement of mutual respect. A family is a shelter from the storm, a friendly port when the waves of life become too wild. No person is ever alone if they are a member of a family. And we thank God this morning that Rose belongs to her parents, to her biological family, but we thank God that she too belongs to the family of God, that whatever happens in those other relationships, he will never leave her or forsake her, and that is also true for you as well. And so with that in mind, I wonder if you'd say with me, the Lord's Prayer should appear behind me. So shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours forever and ever. Amen. Should we just finish with a little prayer before we sing our final song? Lord God, we want to lift up again David and Claire and Rose and their wider family and friends. Father, we thank you. But Lord, you know this little girl. You knew her long before, Lord, even David and Claire were born. Father, you knew her name. Lord, you know the mistakes she will make. Lord, you know the decisions that she has to make. Father, we just lift them to you. That, Father God, they will take to heart those two readings. That they will almost be a banner over this family. That, Father God, they will trust you for your planning for their futures. Not their planning, but yours. That they will trust you, Lord, that your knowledge of them is so deep, so vast, so rich, so wonderful. That, Lord, they needn't fear any change. Because you are their God. And you are searching them and knowing them. And you are their salvation. We thank you, Lord, for this morning. We thank you for this little family. And we pray a blessing on them in Jesus' name. Amen.